in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So when we started the Paracast Plus, the promise, of course, is higher quality audio on the recordings, not just commercial free, but higher quality. Of course, during this time, Chris has been away from his home studio, and so we had to rely on him on the cell phone network. Now he has an iPhone 5S, which has excellent audio. But when that excellent audio interacts with a subpar wireless network, it still doesn't sound that great. But today you're back to normal, Chris, more or less. Yeah, complete with all the marbles in my mouth. Oh, that's right. You have marbles in your mouth and also chewing gum. I forgot, chewing gum. Occasionally, yeah. One time I got caught finishing up breakfast on our first segment and got busted for it. I just wonder about people who listen to things that carefully. <laughs> well, it's good to be back here uh, at uh, Home Central. Quite quite a trip I had, uh, taking around a bunch of acolytes uh, following a Pakistani guru. It was quite the adventure. Now, let me understand here. Is a Pakistani guru just someone from Pakistan, or is that a specific title? No, he's he's a Pakistani who now lives in South Africa, and evidently at some uh, divine mother temple in Turkey in 2010, one of his followers had a, what, what would you call it, I guess, uh, some sort of divine revelation uh, somehow tied in with the divine mother, which I guess would be, you know, the kind of Mother Mary sort of archetype. And uh, evidently it spread uh, to him and his wife, and they were instructed to go around the world and activate power spots uh, through group meditation, which kind of kind of rings a bell, sort of almost uh, Stephen Greer-like. But, uh, but I'll tell you, it was interesting traveling around with a bunch of Tariqs and uh, Sabus and Abu and... There was several guys named Mohammed, and one guy's name was even Mohammed Mohammed. <laughs> so that was Re- fun. Really, really? Yeah, really, really. <laughs> oh well, that was very fun. The only time we ran into any sort of problems with uh, any of the many people that we obviously had to deal with uh, traveling around Four Corners was when we went to the Taos Pueblo. I was really amazed. They. Uh, they saw, you know, two uh, camp chairs being taken out of the bus, and they said, well, what's that for? And I said, well, we have two, you know, elderly people, and, and they want to sit uh, while, when they meditate. Meditate? You can't pray here. And I said, well, well, hold on a second. And nowhere does it say you can't pray at the Taos Pueblo and any of your signs, which there are many. Uh, and isn't prayer an invocation, uh, whereas meditation is you're just clearing your mind? Well, that doesn't matter. You can't do that here. <laughs> How would you like it if if we came to your place and did that? I said, I'd welcome it. I I would think that you would welcome it too. So evidently, she never got the word that the 1680 Taos revolt was over and and she was still on her her war pony. So I just gave the throat cut sign to Master Jacobs. Uh, Interesting, he has a Jewish name for a Pakistani guru. And uh, we just tooled our way down the road in the bus. We, We didn't stop there. I mean, you know, what can you do? You went to the corner deli for lunch. No, actually, we went to quite a uh, fine restaurant in Santa Fe. But, uh, yeah, they stayed at all, you know, five-star hotels or four-star if there weren't any fives and ate at all the, the best restaurants. And uh, and they must be, uh, you know, he he actually, I think, was uh, a, a, 
what are they called? The the guys that spin around the um not the yeah, he was a Sufi uh for many years. And of course, you know, in the in the Islamic tradition, you're not allowed to have alcohol. Well, these guys evidently were were not uh, Islamic anymore because they at one point I was challenged to a drinking contest and uh I polite, politely declined telling them that they didn't have a chance. I was Irish. And he said, well, we all have a bit of the Irish in us. <laughs> so uh, next morning, throwing out the garbage, I, you know, kind of looking at the trash there, there was a half gallon of Bacardi, a quart of Myers rum. Uh, what else? A half a bottle of Hennessy. I guess they couldn't get th- all the way through the cognac. And then a half a bottle of Drambuie. So evidently they had some fun that, that night and I missed out. But, uh, oh, well. Well, we're glad to have you back. And we have a lot of great things in the offing, of course, with our news program here called Paracast Plus. Let me explain what it's all about for those who didn't hear last week's show. Paracast Plus is a premium service. You order it up with a subscription. You can get a higher resolution ad-free version of the Paracast every week. We've got a few episodes in there already. And Chris and I are working on other content. We might even do something called After the Paracast, which is kind of a separate set of interviews, open-ended, no breaks, whatever, not even for a bumper, but we'll go on for a few minutes. Maybe we'll talk about an episode. We'll talk about different subjects, not necessarily related to the Paracast. We'll see. There's a lot of stuff that's in the works here, and we're still working out the kinks. We also, of course, welcome your advice about the development angle. In other words, the programming of the premium area. So we certainly welcome your suggestions. To join up, you go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. That's P-L-U-S. And you'll get instructions there how to join our forums if you're not a forum member, how to upgrade your membership to the premium membership. And that's $5 a month, $50 a year. And $50 a year means like buying 10 Starbucks Frappuccinos every year. But we think we offer a much better value than the Frappuccinos. Yes, especially if they're low-cal. Right. These are low-calorie Frappuccinos for a dollar and a quarter apiece. No, you can't do that. I can't even get coffee for a dollar and a quarter anymore. I was thinking, you know, every week it's a dollar and a quarter. That's where I get that figure. I don't think you can do that anymore. Right now, the local convenience store down the street from me, that's a dollar fifty for the smallest cup of coffee. So you got to make it yourself. Break out the old coffee maker and don't give them the business. I don't know. Or they'll give you the business, however it goes. In any case... A lot of our listeners write us and say, you know what, we like the UFO stuff and all, but we've got to hear other subjects. What about Bigfoot? We do Bigfoot every so often. What about ghosts? Well, we do that from time to time. In fact, we have a fascinating little book that we're going to talk about this week. It's called The World's Most Haunted House. That's a Most. Most Most Haunted House, okay. Most. The World's Most Haunted House. That's quite a claim. It's the true story of the Bridgeport poltergeist on Lindley Street from William J. Hall. And he's telling us here that when all this stuff happened back in 1974, he was a mere lad of 10 years of age. (laughs) And apparently thousands of people way back then witnessed this phenomenon. 
And part of what they're promising here in the book from William Hall is interviews and documentation that has never previously been publicized. 40 years, not publicized. Gene, I remember hearing about this case when I arrived in New York uh, the following year in 75. I had a friend up in Bridgeport, and they had mentioned this uh, particular case. And it's always fascinated me. And, of course, the uh, the Warrens got involved, and Paul Eno, and, and several other notables. And I'm really looking forward to speaking with Bill about all this. We also have an amazing number of questions. I know one of our regular posters at forum.theparacast.com, Polterwurst, has himself given us like this huge page of questions. And if he were sitting here now, he can probably do a whole show from those questions. Right. <laughs> That's how many. He is a great friend and a really loyal listener. And we're happy that he and other people who listen to the show yeah, have Danka. taken. You said? Danke. Indeed. You speak German better than I do. Danke. All I know is like Danke Shane, that song, which I hate. <laughs> That's all I know about it. In any case, this is going to be an exciting episode. A change of pace for the Paracast. So let's start with it. The world's most haunted house from William J. Hall. A lot more to come. Maybe we'll have a poltergeist tonight? No, I don't think so. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. 
On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Now, just to get the connection here before we get on our guest, I should point out to our listeners that if you listen to the child's voice on the tech night out live where they say they're here that's from the movie poltergeist which has nothing to do with this book so we have william j hall he's author of the world's most haunted house the true story of the bridgeport poltergeist on lindley street obviously you're telling us your age here you say you were 10 years old in 1974 when this thing happened now okay did you have any recollection of it then how did you become acquainted with this event well i mean i I remembered seeing it on tv i couldn't tell you what uh what i saw since i was so young but it was uh, a very big deal growing up in bridgeport uh from that time on so my entire childhood i mean people had talked about it now and then Uh, it was it was quite a big deal the story actually went around the world but of course for those that grew up near there it became uh really part of the uh culture, if you will. <laughs> it was one of those things that people talked about whenever conversation went to uh, to those uh, something weird. But I got involved in it many years later after forgetting about it and doing other things. And even though I wrote a uh, newspaper article, Magic in the Unknown, I ended up never really covering that case until one morning when I was just having coffee uh, messing around on Facebook. And I saw somebody posted, hey, does anybody remember the haunted house on Lindley Street? 
And that's when it occurred to me, you know, I never really looked into that at all. So I uh, started Googling and after reading about 50 newspaper articles from around the country, uh, I was really motivated to find out more about it. It just seemed there was so many, uh, the volume and type of witnesses uh, were such that you rarely see in these cases. So I really wanted to uh, dig into it from there. Now, in looking over the book, I'm seeing the mention of 2,000 witnesses. And before we get into the specifics of the event, I don't know of too many cases of any paranormal event where you have 2,000 witnesses, let alone five or six. Right. And, and of course, you know, some of those people, I, you know, you know, do you believe all the people in the crowd? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of rumors going on, but there were things that happened that people in the crowd could see, which certainly added to uh, the amount of people. But for me, uh, what mattered most was uh, three quarters of the police department and, uh, you know, over a dozen firefighters and newspaper reporters and priests and, and the family and extended family. And, and all of those put together were really what, uh, what, what did it for me. Because uh, we all know, you know, you can have a thousand people outside, look up in the sky and see a UFO. And it could certainly be something ordinary that, you know, they just don't know how to identify. But, uh, but this was really something else with the amount of uh, witnesses. Like you said, it's, you know, you're lucky enough to get one or two. And that doesn't mean that it's fake if there's one or two. But certainly uh, this was kind of like the Roswell of uh, haunted houses. It, it was a rare occurrence where, you know, the paranormal got very, very public. Now, just very quickly here, let's kind of paint your background. So you're 10 years old when this happened. Now, before you got involved in writing about the paranormal and magic, did you have any personal experiences to call on? Uh, I actually didn't. A few things now looking back, you know, I think perhaps they were, you know, can't really tell. Kind of look at things differently once you realize, uh, you know, what's out there. But I can't, you know, I didn't grow up in a haunted house or anything like that. So uh, Lindley Street was kind of a case that really sealed it uh, for me as far to, as, far as uh, verification of these things. Although... I was open-minded, you know, I had friends and people close to me that had experiences and you know, they're not lying, but yeah, you, know, you always never quite can be sure of what exactly they experienced. But Lindley street was just, you know, I, it probably is more evidence than if I saw it myself, because if I saw it myself, I don't know if I'd believe my own eyes. You know? Right now being a magician though, a lot of times when a person is a magician, you assume they're skeptical of anything really paranormal. They figure it's all a fake. Yes, and that's true. It's, you know, you get very jaded when you see just how miraculous uh, things could be faked. And, and, and it's, it's a problem. It, it really is difficult to believe in so many things uh, when you are a magician. Uh, on the other hand, a lot of us got into uh, magic because of our curiosity, the ability to wonder. So, um, on one hand, yes, we're, we're skeptical, but I think it's a healthy skepticism. You know, I yeah, think except that, if you're James Randi, uh, Penn and Teller. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, you know, that's the other end. I mean, James Randi doesn't believe in anything. Um, and, uh, you know, I think he's done a lot of great work, but he wouldn't believe himself if he saw something, you know, uh, unlike Houdini, who had an open mind, but was a, a healthy skeptic saying, you know, I'm open, I'm looking for it, I want to find it. But obviously, I, you know, I don't want to be cheated either. Now, of course, the way he went about it made it so he was only going to come across fakers because he was, 
going more into the seance and, you know, medium kind of uh, thing. So when you go across those people that are public, you're going to get all the fakes and charlatans and stuff in there. But but I, I believe his heart was in the right place, you know, that he really he had, you know, an open mind. And and for me, yes, quite skeptic. If if they just said a picture fell off the wall, you know, I'd say, well, I could do that. Uh, a rocking chair rocked by itself. Well, I could do that. When you get to refrigerators floating and, and you just the the context of all the evidence, you really got to look at the totality of the evidence. And, uh, and and that's where this makes a difference. And, and this particular case has it all. It has uh, hoaxing. It has real events. It has total, you know, multi-witnessed uh, events that cannot be explained. And yet it has, uh, at its center, it has a very interesting little girl. Um, you know, I think for our listeners who are not familiar with the case, don't you think we should probably start at the beginning, give a background uh, on Marcia and uh, her, her adoptive parents and, and really kind of uh, set the stage uh, for the types of things that we'll talk about later. Now, before we do that, let me tell you, we have about a minute and 15 seconds before we break. So let's do a very brief introduction on the young lady, and then we could flesh that out in our next segment. William? Right. Um, well, uh, we'll go before Marcia and talk about uh, the Gooden family, who is uh, Laura and Jerry. And uh, they were uh, middle aged by the time this happened. But and they had a little son, uh, Jerry Jr., and he couldn't walk or talk or do anything for himself. And he died when he was six. And that's uh, very important to the buildup of the classic uh, poltergeist situation, which uh, we can get into uh, then Marcy's adoption um, uh, after the break. Hey, that's a good way of doing it. Let me tell our listeners that. We are now offering an ad-free version, high-resolution version of the PowerCast for those of you who have asked us over and over again over the years to offer such a version of the show. And here's how you get it. You go to plus.theparacast.com, plus, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com, and you'll see instructions there on how to join our forums if you're not a member of the forum and upgrade your membership to the premium membership PowerCast Plus so you can download the high-resolution versions of the Paracast will have a lot of other features we'll be adding soon. So check it out. It's just 5 bucks a month or $50 a year. We have William Hall telling us about the world's most haunted house and the background coming up with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the Earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. 
breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Three square meals you'll need in an emergency. So the Freeze Dry Guys three square meal unit sale is just the ticket. A variety pack of tasty, nourishing breakfast, lunch, and dinner on sale now. Breakfast is Freeze Dry Guys' favorite. Hot oatmeal and sweet dehydrated bananas. Lunch is Mountain House freeze-dried hot macaroni and cheese and crisp green beans. And dinner is Mountain House long grain wild rice pilaf and hearty beef stew, vegetables, and gravy. Call Freeze Dry Guy and ask for details on the 120 six serving three square meals unit one case normally 164.37 sale price at only 138.90 save over 25 bucks get two or three cases and save even more or ask about freeze dry guys fall chili special always free shipping to the lower 48 states call 866-404-3663 or click freezedryguy.com and hurry the fall chili special and three square meals unit are on sale while supplies last from the freeze dry guy the finest freeze dried and dehydrated foods available for long-term storage period don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV if you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the fields is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to ProFlowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's ProFlowers.com. Click the mic and enter code P-L-O-W. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? Now, I know when Chris was doing his bumper, the Paracast, he was very likely trying to consider what would a poltergeist sound like. Yeah, I was channeling my inner ghost. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so this young lady, tell us more about her. She was adopted by the family. Yes, after Jerry Jr. died, about six months later, um, a, a priest had encouraged them that they may want to adopt a child, and uh, they they went uh, and ended up being placed with uh, Marcia, who was from Ontario, Canada, and she was the youngest of nine children, and uh, nobody's quite sure 
uh, of the story with the, uh, you know, with her family, other than she was the only child given up for adoption. It was said that she was tied to a chair, which, of course, implies abuse. Again, we don't have a lot of context around any of that. And uh, she was uh, a Five Nations Indian girl, and uh, they adopted her, and she's very, very shy and introverted. Um, the adoption, of course, is a big enough deal in itself. And then add to that being in downtown uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut, she really didn't fit in with the Italian and uh, African-American uh, community there. So they made fun of her at school with um, a color of her skin, plus being so shy and withdrawn, that naturally makes you, makes you a target. And uh, after about a year of being picked on, she's beaten up by a boy uh, in the cafeteria. How and, old was she when she was adopted? Oh, yeah, she was adopted. She was four and a half years old. Oh, um, and they were beating her up? Well, the the uh, beating up, she was 10 years old when that happened. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm condensing it somewhat. But, uh, yeah, she started out in Catholic school and was doing okay. And then Jerry's hours got cut and switched her to Reed School in Bridgeport, which was uh, a rougher, you know, inner city uh, school situation there. And so when she was beat up, she was 10 years old. And uh, not that that's, you know, <laughs> not that that's any better, really, but, you know. And she stuck at home with uh, with uh, Laura, mostly, you know, the, the mother. And they were very, very overprotective to an unhealthy degree with, with Marcy. Um, because of losing Jerry Jr., they were always scared something was going to happen to Marcy. Don't let her cross the street. She may die. Uh, don't let her go uh, to walk to school. She may die. So they really had this kind of unhealthy uh, parenting style, which didn't add to all the other problems. And it was during this six weeks of being at home in this tiny little house. I mean, the, their house was a little bungalow, 738 square feet. So it was a real tiny little place. And she was stuck there in a, a soft body brace recuperating from being beat up. And uh, at the end of uh, six weeks of being you know, tutored at home and stuck uh, you know, with the mother, and they were kind of like flint and steel. She was more of a daddy's girl. Uh, that's when... Uh, this this explosion of uh, poltergeist activity took place. That almost explains it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was enough going on in the house without uh, the poltergeist, but you could see this is a classic uh, kind of, you know, setup for a poltergeist. And um, I'm a bit different than some in, in that uh, I don't, you know, one of the theories, of course, is the RSPK. I'm not big in, I'm, I'm open-minded as to what it could be, but I, I tend to think it's not that. But we all agree Marcy was definitely at the center of it. As a matter of fact, shortly after she was adopted in 1968 is when anything of a paranormal nature started. A very, very mild, you know, the parents didn't know it was, well, of course, they didn't use the word paranormal back then, but didn't know it was supernatural or anything. Just uh, Jerry actually thought he might be going a little crazy. You know, he saw a door move a little or keys are being misplaced, thought I pulled the chair in, you know, that kind of uh, activity. So it wasn't uh, very big at all. But that happened coinciding, uh, you know, with the adoption of Marcy shortly after. So there was a lull then between the adoption and some indication of something that, that, that was dismissed by the parents. And then another four or five years later, that's when we really start getting into, into the, uh, you know, the amazing events that, that transpired. 
after she'd been beat up and was spending time at home. I think that's an interesting, uh, insightful sort of scenario there. Yeah, yeah, that really really brought it up a notch. The, The stage two of it, you know, I said after 68, there was some mild things. But in 1971, November 71, uh, banging sounds started on the interior and exterior of the walls. And it would actually follow them, you know, room to room. And um, mostly Laura, because she was home during the day. So whenever the noises occurred during the day, you know, she would complain and follow her room to room. Jerry would call from work and hear these sounds. But it was all hours of the day, day and night, mostly in November. And this was in 1971. All right. So uh, Marcy was not at home at this t- at this point or she was right No, She was not at home. OK, so no. we have a clear examples of something unusual occurring without her being present. I think that's, yes. that's also important. Yeah. In fact, uh, in, in the appendix of the book, I made a list of all the incidents and where was Marcy? Because, of course, you know, when this was called a hoax, she was blamed for it, too. Uh, but there were uh, just a, a, a ton of incidents where she was just not in the house at all. Uh, and, and the banging sounds were a good example. Obviously, she was in the house, you know, later on and during the night. But, that, that's, you know, that was different. Um, and so that happened in 1971. And, you know, jury complained about it, but nobody was able to, to figure out the police and firemen and civil engineers. They, they didn't understand what was going on. And so uh, Jerry thought it may be a neighbor or construction on the hospital. You know, he's looking for all those kinds of connections. Yeah. So, so for the record, uh, reports were actually made to civil authorities. Uh, this was put on the record. Yes. Yeah. In fact, uh, Lieutenant uh, Coco later on, who was the you know the lieutenant in charge of the situation from '74, did uh, did back up the good in saying that uh, you know this was not their first call you know, for trouble. Uh, in fact, the Goodens never actually called the police, but that's the, you know, we'll get to that. But so the Lieutenant did say that because some people were saying, well, because the exorcist came out in 73 that, you know, the family's making a big deal out of that, but their, their, their first calls to the police were in the early seventies, you know, as a result of the banging. And, uh, so they complained of those noises. And then in, uh, 1972 in November, the noises started again. And um, uh, they, uh, their neighbor across the street, who was a friend, you know, friend neighbor, and also was a Bridgeport police officer, Officer John Holsworth, said, uh, "Jerry, why don't we, uh, why don't we record these sounds so that the police will better be able to identify what they are?" Uh, so they did that. They set up a, a tape recorder and uh, recorded the sounds. And that was uh, during the middle of the night. So, you know, Laura and uh, Marcy were sleeping and Officer Holsworth and Jerry recorded the sounds. And actually that tape was given to Ed and Lorraine Warren, uh, who listeners may know from The Conjuring if, you know, they're out of the area. Um, And uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren ended up giving it to Boyce Beatty, the lead investigator. And then uh, Boyce ended up giving it to me and actually that's on a, a web page from the book, so people can actually hear those uh, uh, those sounds. But that tape was recorded in '72, and and you know once again they couldn't figure out what the sounds were. But those sounds continued um, in '73, also mostly in November, not exclusively. And then uh, again in uh, 1974, right before um, 
the larger incidents that made this a you know public worldwide uh, event. Now that's the big point to mention here: the fact that things happened before everything just blew up in everybody's face. There were preliminary things, there were the noises, things like that, that kind of get you prepared for what was to happen next, or at least seemed to be that direction. The book is called The World's Most Haunted House. The author is William Hall, and you're on here, and we'll have questions from our listeners in a few moments with Gene and Chris. And let's see if Chris has a really good poltergeist voice here. Let's channel it. I don't really think we need to do a countdown. Let's go right into it. You're in the Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. The experts at web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-297-0154. That's 800-297-0154. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. That's 800-297-0154. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 
1,500-foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Hey everyone, my Ghost 80% AR-15 project was a total success. Thank you, Guns80.com. Thank you. I bought my Ghost AR-15 at Guns80.com. It's everything I expected more. Just got a note from my buddy Mark, and now they're having a huge Black Friday and a big Cyber Monday sale. Guess Christmas is coming early this year. I'm definitely ordering one for my brother on Black Friday because the price drops to 400 bucks. Yes, I did just say that. 400 bucks, Unbelievable. At Guns80.com, the big sale is on. Begins Friday, November 22nd, and ends December 1st. So hurry now. Sale prices for Ghost ARs again, 400 bucks. Black Friday will be a good day. Get your Ghost AR-15 at Guns80.com. Sale is on right now at Guns80.com. That's Guns80.com. Guns and the number 8080.com. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas to everyone from our good friends at Guns80.com. The big sale is on. I'll see you there. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Well, don't quit your day job, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like an old man. I don't know about all the guys, but yeah. we'll have to get Chris on the special effects machine and maybe do a few of those things. Maybe for next maybe Halloween. <laughs> okay, so a preliminary thing. Now, before we go on to the main event here, the nineteen seventy four events, and we flesh it out more. You call it in the book the world's most haunted house. Is that your title or the publisher's? Uh, that's the uh, publisher's title, and, you know. And I, I, I had questioned that and said, "Well, you know, how can we call this the world's most haunted house?" And they said, "Well, uh, it's really meant to embody the public nature of of the event." And uh, you know, so I thought about it and I said, "Okay, I, you know, I, I can see that," uh, because you know, me being more on the humble side, I was kind of like, "Well, it's you know, <laughs> it's yeah." You know, there's, well, there's, I mean, you could call it that if things have been going on since '74, but. Uh... Evidently, as soon as they left, uh, all the activity stopped. Uh, they actually never left the house, but they did end up getting, you know, getting rid of the, the poltergeist situation. But, uh, but yeah, it was meant to embody the, the, you know, the, the very public nature of the event, uh, and that being so widespread. So, so I thought in the end it was it was a, you know, a nice way to say it. But, um, but my original title was. Uh, was more about the address, which, of course, I wasn't thinking at all about, uh, you know, privacy and things like that. So <laughs> probably was a good idea to change it. So. All right. Let's get back to what's happening here. We're getting to the main event. It's not just the noises. More happens. What's the prelude to that? Well, uh, Jerry, Laura and Marcy uh, go to New York, as as they do every other weekend, to visit family. And they come back. And uh, Jerry is... Uh, bringing in the groceries and Laura's in the kitchen and Marcy is still sleeping in the car. And, um, so Jerry's bringing in groceries and, uh, put, uh, Laura's putting eggs away and the uh, table lifts up and flips throwing groceries around the kitchen. And, uh, of course, <laughs> Laura screams. Um, she's a little bit 
you know, neurotic and on edge to begin with. And this certainly didn't help well, for yeah, any really, of us. That, that you was, know. must suck when that happens. Yeah, right. Yeah, I count the amount of times it happens to me. There's a standalone uh, Sylvania TV, very heavy console uh, that comes down on Laura's foot, uh, ends up breaking her toe. Of course, she doesn't know. Uh, it's broken at that point in time. So she screams and Jerry comes in there and uh, more activity starts. Dishes are flying around the kitchen. A, a, a knife, uh, a set of knives in a block. The block actually pulls itself off the wall. It's actually screwed to the wall and the knives come out and fly all over. And uh, so <laughs> and naturally they're going a bit insane over it. And uh, suddenly it calms down a little bit. So they clean everything up and they get Marcy. Um, Clean everything up. I'd be out of there. I'd be yeah. out the door going, what? And and Marcy's in the car sleeping this whole time. She's sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the reason um, it's important you mention that, that through these events, she was not always in the house when this happened. Right. And, and that's very important. And maybe to emphasize again and again, especially when you pointed out that one of the early events occurred when she was not in the home. So she's sleeping in the car. Right. Yeah, there's, uh, I would probably, I haven't uh, divvied it out, but I would say it's probably around 60, 40, 50, 50 of events, you know, where she was there or not there. Um, but, uh, you know, and it's funny what you say about, you know, I'd be out of the house and, 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 you know, I'm thinking I would too. And what's really strange is in all my research, it appears that in real life, people usually don't leave. It's it's very strange, and I but I guess there's a lot of differences between um, these things when they you know when they happen for real versus uh, in Hollywood. You know, in Hollywood, there's always one response, which is you know scream and run and whatnot. And um, in real life, you get a variety of emotions. You know, you just don't get the one emotion. Now, bear in mind, Laura and Jerry didn't believe in the supernatural, so you know they weren't sure what was causing it but they weren't thinking it was uh you know a ghost or a higher force or anything like that at least at this point eventually they have to come to terms and start questioning everything but uh so they're not really you know those kinds of people even though they are very religious so you can say in a sense well wouldn't they believe in this kind of stuff but they they were they're pretty simple people he's a, a maintenance man you know she's a housewife um and uh, they're just your salt of the earth, hardworking people, and they they don't really believe in any of that stuff. Yeah, but uh, if Hazelbub uh, tries, you know, to put away the groceries and and throws knives around the room and toes get broken, I would think that would be a wake up call, uh, regardless of uh, your belief system. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I I can't disagree with you. I I can't possibly think of me doing anything but running. But, you know, it's, you know, that's me. So uh, and there were plenty of times where they didn't stay in the house. But, uh, uh, yeah, but it's uh, it, it's like I said, it's very that's one of the things that I found to be most unusual is the tenacity of the people uh, when things happen in their own home. They tend not to leave or if they do, they tend to leave for periods of time versus, uh, you know, permanently. It takes then an awful lot to convince anybody to leave a home when things go wrong. We're so tied to our homes, we have so much invested in it that even if the house is damaged, you want to rebuild it. 
Yeah, I mean, that that's a good point. I mean, like I said, you know, to Chris's point, I would have been out the door. I mean, I'm thinking I would have been. I can't imagine me being braver in real life than in my imagination. But, you know, who knows? But uh, uh, but they did. Uh, it did it quiet it down. So they they didn't know what to do. And, and you know, it's kind of the thing of now who do you talk about it? They did stay up till about 3 a.m. that morning and uh, finally got to bed. And uh, Jerry woke up the next morning and looked all around the house. It'd be, that's the start of their kind of new normal where Jerry would always be the one first in the house. He would always be the one to look around the house, that kind of thing. And he went that morning, he found the refrigerator blocking the door and uh, the table flipped again. And they have these three recliner chairs in the living room and they were opening and closing by themselves. Now, that is a, the point where Jerry said, you know, to himself, you know, that's it. And he went and woke up uh, Laura and Marcy and they left the house on the porch and they were, uh, you know, hysterical trying to get the attention of uh, uh, Janet, the little, uh, the daughter of Officer Holtzworth, who lived across the street saying, uh, you know, please go get your father. We're in trouble here. Um, at the same time, the, the only person that they called is Laura had called. Uh, she gave a quick call to the close friends of theirs to let them know that they're in trouble. They, they actually didn't call the police, uh, which, you know, I, I guess they figured what are the police going to do? But uh, but the wife uh, ended up calling the police, the wife of the couple they called. And then the the husband went on his way to the home. Uh, but I actually have a, a bit of an interview, if, if now's a good time to play, uh, of, uh, of Officer John Holsworth being interviewed later that day, and he'll explain how this all started, how he got involved. Yeah, perfect timing. We'd love to hear it. Now, we have only about two minutes left in this segment. Is the interview run longer than that or what? Yeah, it's, a, it's about three and a half minutes. Let's so. do this. Let's head the next segment with the interview. Yeah. Yes. I, that I, I you, this is a, a great idea for Depends, uh, the adult diaper uh, people. Boy, I'll tell you, make a great <laughs> to have people in a haunted house uh, with knives flipping around and stuff. It'd be great. Hey, when this happens to you, make sure you got on your Depends. That's right, because, uh, you know, even if you can control yourself, you don't always have time to take a break then, you know. So we'll hear that interview on our next segment. But I wanted to mention, because I was making kind of a crack about it before, about the so-called poltergeist girl that says they're here. And her name was, and I'll say was for a reason, Heather O'Rourke. And she died at the age of 12 years. Yeah. Cardiac arrest. Really sad. Beautiful little blonde girl. And that was her claim to fame. That at five years old, she appeared in this movie, Poltergeist, which was a 1982 movie. Right. And we use that, we have used that on my other radio show, The Tech Night Out Live, for 12 years. We've played that little thing at the beginning. But but she's talking about uh, Microsoft when she says that. No doubt. (laughs) (laughs) It actually signified the fact that when The Tech Night Out Live first debuted, there were two hosts, myself and my son, Grayson. He, of course, decided to find a way to go as far as he could from his parents when he became old enough to go out to seek his own fortune. So he went to Spain. He might have thought about Australia, but which is even farther away from us, obviously. But he picked Spain because he had friends there. I'm kidding. Grayson's a great <laughs> guy. He's going to be here in December, Chris. You'll meet him. We have William Hall, author of The World's Most Haunted House. And we'll hear that interview with an officer. 
of the law in our next segment with Gene and Chris. You're in the Pericast. You're listening to GCN, proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Lock down your digital life at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. Genesis is defined as an origin, creation, or the beginning. Genesis Communications Network began with the mission of providing you with the kind of compelling content you're listening to now. And at GCNlive.com, you'll find a free archive of our nation's history, narrated by GCN hosts. Explore, share, and pass down to future generations. GCN is the future of talk radio, but we should always strive to learn from our past. Together, we are GCNlive.com. GCN. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Do you have relatives and friends that are convinced there is no need ever to prepare for any kind of emergency? Are these also folks you buy Christmas presents for? At 30dayfoodsupply.com, we can solve both of these problems at the same time. Go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 541-229-0010. We can ship your Christmas presents directly to them. Choose from our original $99 30-day food supply, our long-term storage vegan burger mixes, and other oatmeal, soups, porridges, beans, and granolas for everyday use. All products are non-GMO, MSG-free, and vegetarian. Most are gluten, soy, and nut-free. Call 541-229-0010 today. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low, cutting out the middleman by buying directly from their producers in Oregon. Remember, only $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Visit the website 30dayfoodsupply.com. Call 541-229-0010. 30dayfoodsupply.com. 541-229-0010. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So right now we're going to hear an eyewitness interview of someone who investigated the world's most haunted house with William Hall and Gene and Chris. So frame it, William, tell us more. Officer John Holsworth was the first uh, police officer to the scene. He was off duty, and he was uh, he was a neighbor and friend of uh, the Gooden family. lived right across the street, and uh, their uh, hysterical cry for help from the porch got the attention of uh, his daughter, who was walking the dog, and said, "Please go get your father. Uh, you know we're in trouble here." And uh, he came over and uh, went inside while they were still on the porch and uh, witnessed a bunch of things. And, uh, and, and actually, I was just recently uh, giving a lecture, and uh, one of his family members uh, showed up and said it, uh, it, uh, it changed his, his life, um, had some negative impact on him, unfortunately, but that's, but, uh, and he's not with us anymore. But this was an interview taken uh, by the press uh, later that day, of uh, his involvement and what he uh, experienced and what the scene was like uh, that day when this uh, broke to the public. Uh, 975 
an emergency when I come right over. Oh, I got I come over and found the room on the porch hysterical. And what did you find when you came into the house? I came in, I found everything array. I mean, just disarrayed. The, the table's over, the chair's over, the icebox moved, the television moved, and I was the only one in the house, and they were still on the porch. Did you actually see anything move yourself? Yes, I did. I just told you. I saw the icebox move. I saw the television move. I straightened the television. It turned around. I saw the chairs open and close. Was there any other phenomenon that you observed? Nothing outside other than settling the people down. I said, did you also... Uh, see the cat no, the cat was not around okay and uh, did you also witness the little girl in the chair that was uh, pushed back in the front room can you tell us about that yes I did I seen her fly back three or four times this uh, later on in the afternoon I left I come back and saw this and do you um, did you test the chair to see whether it was uh, possible that, uh, that the girl could do it herself no there was no way there was a priest here at the time when I returned across the street who tried it himself as big as I am. I'm 6'2". I weigh 220 pounds and he couldn't move it and she just flew back like there was nothing. Have you ever been involved in any psychic phenomenon before in your years on the police force? 15 years, no. Nothing. What was your belief in, um, in, in, in hauntings and poltergeist activity before you probably heard about it. What's your belief now? I thought it was a polar guys right away when I thought about it. When I thought about it, and I believe in this, but I don't follow it. I said anything can happen. I said so. You were surprised. I mean, uh, you you came to this believing that it could happen. No, everything can happen. Anything can happen. How was this reported in the police department? What kind of a report would be turned in? I don't know. I have to make a report myself. I was called by the Lieutenant Coco, Bridgeport Police Department, who observed and controlled the scene here today. I said, did he observe any phenomenon? You know? I don't know. I don't know. Other officers at the scene, I have to make my report, like I say, and get names of the other officers who did observe. Were there many officers who observed? Uh, there was 10 or 12. 10 or 12. And also, I believe there were firemen also. Were firemen also, right. Firemen were here. It was 10 firemen, uh, two chiefs. And they observed the phenomenon that uh, actually had seen things happen. I don't know what their activity was. I wasn't here. I was across the street watching my baby when the firemen arrived. But they walked out of here and they were afraid. I say thank you very much, officer. That was uh, Officer Holdsworth. Wow, sounded pretty uh, straight ahead. Jack Webbish, uh, pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's funny. All those guys were that way. I was quite impressed with the way they went about it. I mean, most all of them, uh, there was one police officer that left the house, but I mean, he got hit with a cross that came off the wall. So, I mean, I can't say I wouldn't have done any different, but most of them, you know, went to the phenomena. You know, they saw something happen. They went and they tried to eliminate all the you know, the obvious things. One particularly impressive observation, a police officer was saying um, when he was being interviewed, you know, do you think this TV moved on him? And he said, do you think the TV, somebody could have pulled it with a string or something? And he said, no, absolutely not. He said, because I went over to it and the beer had uh, dust on it. 
the TV, and especially in the old days, they had those rungs under underneath where you kind of hurt your hands when you carry them. I don't know if you remember, but and, and he said the TV, the marks it made in the bureau from the dust were very precise in a semicircle. Uh, just made from the underneath of the TV rungs. He said if somebody had was doing a trick and tied something, it would have dragged it across the dust, uh, disturbing it to a much greater degree and in a much more haphazard manner. Observations like that were just, they did a, just a really great job in trying to look at, at these things as they happened. Yeah, with the refrigerator floating, they looked under it and on top, and one went in the basement even and looked at the ceiling. I mean, these guys were really, they really went about it in a a very good way. So it sounds to me like they were really looking for possible evidence of trickery. Or something else, not necessarily trickery. I I mean, the the initial thing the police thought it was, was uh, Marcy. They did initially think it was her until they saw things happen, because things were happening in every single room. That's when, of course, they, of course, when they saw the refrigerator float, they knew then, you know, Marcy was off the table as far as. Why did they initially suspect her? What, what would give them the idea that a 10 year old child would be able to manifest these types of effects? Well, without knowing details of the kinds of things that went on, there have been cases where kids would do that. Normally, when outsiders are brought in, it's quickly exposed because, you you know, it's, you can fool your parents. Maybe the parents don't believe that it would be you, but somebody outside would say, OK, if it's not the parents, let's look at the child. You know, it's kind of a natural thing to do. So that would be why that they would do it. But of course, that was quickly put to rest when they were seeing things themselves. And and that's that's how strong this activity was. Normally, you get a bunch of people entering an environment like this. Um, it's very unlikely you would see all this all these things happen, at least initially, you know, usually things calm down and you have to wait quite a while before you see something. And and there was a lot of people going in and out of that house. and There were things uh, happening, you know, in, in front of them, which makes it an extremely active uh, case as these things go. Well, you know, it's an interesting point that I recall reading in the book, you know, in several points that you mentioned, how, how this November time period, November, December, seemed to be when this stuff occurred. And October 31st, the Halloween you know, uh, day, wasn't that the birthday or the, the day their son died or, or something? I, Birth, I, birthday, yeah. He was, uh, yeah, he was born on Halloween. You, you have to wonder, maybe the deceased child was somehow involved in this on some level. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's one of the theories. Um, um, you know, I, I don't, you know, I can't, I can't really say. It's... Uh, there's actually, boy, there's a few different ways it can go. Some people said, well, you know, maybe it was going on uh, and that's why she was given up for adoption and maybe this thing went with her. You know, <laughs> I mean, who knows? It, uh, it it definitely could be a combination of any of those uh, things. Did you know, the we, Warrens or any of the investigators uh, at the time contact her prior uh, parents? Was, was that a possibility? Uh, were they somehow contacted and asked if if uh, similar events had occurred before the adoption or i know these records are normally sealed uh, having been adopted myself but was there any attempt to do that let's have that answer on our next segment we have a free version of chris o'brien's book secrets of the mysterious valley to give away in ebook form Here's how you get a copy. You subscribe to our weekly newsletter. Go to thepowercast.com, thepowercast.com. Subscribe to our free newsletter. 
and within a few days, you'll get your copy of Secrets of the Mysterious Valley. William Hall joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic anytime. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. Do you have relatives and friends that are convinced there is no need ever to prepare for any kind of emergency? Are these also folks you buy Christmas presents for? At 30dayfoodsupply.com, we can solve both of these problems at the same time. Go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 541-229-0010. We can ship your Christmas presents directly to them. Choose from our original $99 30-day food supply, our long-term storage vegan burger mixes, and other oatmeal, soups, porridges, beans, and granolas for everyday use. All products are non-GMO, MSG-free, and vegetarian. Most are gluten, soy, and nut-free. Call 541-229-0010 today. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low, cutting out the middleman by buying directly from their producers in Oregon. Remember, only $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Visit the website 30dayfoodsupply.com. Call 541-229-0010. 30dayfoodsupply.com. 541-229-0010. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier. From gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. 
Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, we have William Hall. He is author of The World's Most Haunted House. And we're painting a picture of an event that went far beyond what a normal poltergeist case, if you call them normal, goes. Now, Chris asked you a question at the end of our previous segment. William, would you answer it? Uh, Yes, certainly. No, there was, uh, from what I understand, there wasn't an ability to contact uh, the prior, uh, you know, the adoption family. So unfortunately, we don't know a lot about that. The insinuation is that she was abused, tied to a chair for many long hours, and, and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, we, we don't have a lot of information on them. I did find out that there were multiple, which we can get to this later, but there were multiple houses affected um, at the same time this broke out on Lindley Street, uh, which is interesting. And that's something back in, you know, 1974, uh, investigators really didn't look for as much as uh, we do today. All right, let's maybe segue to that for a moment because there's a lot of ground to cover and certainly yes okay so other houses were affected how uh they had um two uh three houses that i that i discovered that were uh haunted that started at the same time uh the goodens did uh with with the explosion of activity not from 68 um with different kinds of entities much lower level kind of uh of hauntings, you know, voices, footsteps, uh, things like that. One of them is detailed in the book. The other two didn't want to really go into it other than um, they identified that they had trouble too. Uh, and they were all on the same side of the street as uh, as the Lindley home too. I don't know if that makes a difference. I don't, I don't see why, but it just happened to be that way. There, I would suspect there could even be more, but uh, of course, as a matter of, uh, you know, finding all those people that, 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 of course, many of them are no longer with us. And so we, you know, we do know at the time of this explosion, whatever it opens or whatever, you know, your beliefs and poltergeists are, uh, it definitely let some other things through too that were, uh, like I said, nothing is uh, nearly as explosive or varied as what was experienced on Lindley Street. Uh, but still there were, there were uh, some entities. Uh, one was a shadow person. Um, but, you know, lower level kind of uh, hauntings, not that they're, <laughs> I hate to say lower level, because I mean, it's very scary no matter what level it is. But, you know, uh, so so that was taking place, too, at the time. So basically, there's no end to this. You could basically segue to each house and find a story, like you said, a shadow person. So just before we get back to the main incident here. What kind of shadow person are we talking about? Uh, it was uh, 
actually, um, uh, Richard, uh, the witness, he described it to me as like an Ewok looking figure. And he, he doesn't know anything about the paranormal, too. So it's kind of funny. But uh, um, uh, with kind of red glowing eyes that you see in the corner of your bedroom. But he stayed up all night. It wasn't like sleep paralysis or anything. And there, there were other things that happened in, in his house. But uh and and that's an an image of uh, shadow people that is uh, commonly, or at least one form that's commonly, uh, you know, reported. But it was, uh, you know, it didn't move around. It basically stayed there. Um, he saw a little bit of movement, but it wasn't like uh, you know the Lindley Street entities, you know, <laughs> moved all around and were you know much higher level of uh, uh, pains in the butt, so to speak. So, all right, let's go back to the original pain. In the you know what, <laughs> tell us more. Let's move to stage whatever. There's so many stages. How long did these things take place? Through what period of time? Well, the um, as far as the the public the public view of it were uh, and the most intense days were Sunday and Monday, and on uh, Tuesday, uh, the inspector and and the superintendent announced that it was a hoax uh, created by the little 10 year old girl. Uh, and it still went on after that. Um, the whole phenomena from very beginning to end would be 1968 to January, 1975. Uh, if we were look to look at the most intense period, we're talking about, uh, uh, November of, uh, 74, uh, to, to the beginning of, uh, 1975. Now, was it always the same thing, objects moving around the house, that sort of thing? uh, Well, entities appeared in three different forms. Uh, That was was at the height of it. So that that was one thing. But there were... um, What kind of entities? Describe them in more detail. Sure. The three different forms. One was uh, um, almost like a a cardboard structure uh, seen by Father Charbonneau and the Warrens uh, that was in the basement when he was doing a house blessing. And then the uh, the more common part where there was four witnessed and, and they were seen as a like a translucent, almost like it was described as when you light a match and you see the blurry part above the match uh, shape seen like that. And uh, there was four of them and uh, uh, they were described as almost acting like they were in a pack almost. Uh, matter of fact, Paulino, the seminary, uh, seminary student at the time. His job was to protect Marcy, and he put uh, Marcy behind his uh, his back, and there was four of them in front of him, and one came forward, and he actually put his hand out, and he was very shocked to feel that this thing was a biological being, is the way he described it. And, and he said he felt bone structure, almost you know, bird-like, if he could compare it to something. And... Uh, it got around him and picked up Marcy and threw her across the room. But, uh, but that feeling of that biological uh, being was something he didn't share with the Warrens because they were, you know, everything was a you know, demon to them back then. And that was his, you know, bringing up to being in the seminary. So this kind of really threw him for a loop and he didn't talk about it for about 35 years uh, because it kind of went against everything that everybody said about these uh, situations. Um, and then the third uh, uh, entity type was uh, uh, more the uh, is described as a yellow orange, like billowing smoke. And at one point, it filled the house where they had to actually leave the house. Uh, and of course, other times, uh, 
the appearance was simply you couldn't see something. You couldn't see something, but it was disturbing, you know, animals and 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 doing other things. Well, speaking of animals, um, there's a, a couple of very interesting incidents involving the family cat, and uh, some would. Uh, some people would say it would be ventriloquism if it was a hoax, but evidently the cat uh, <laughs> developed a vocabulary. You want to talk about that real quick? Uh, that's a question from Polterwurst, who has, uh, I mean, if we asked all the questions that he has posted here for you, for your appearance on the Paracast, we, we could spend the whole show just talking about <laughs> his questions. And a, a big uh, a big thank you for Polterwurst for being so so engaged in, in this particular case. Uh, he's quite up to speed on it. It's interesting here how close that name resembles <laughs> the phenomenon we're dealing with here. Well, let me, let me read what he said about that. First of all, my forum nickname, Polterwurst, is not intended to ridicule the subject of poltergeist. Let's I just now, thought- I got to do the break, and then we'll, we'll go into that further. Okay, so he assures us that's not the reason. Let's go into more of this in a moment with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. 
We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light system today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. With autumn in the air, it's time to think about getting ready for winter. And it's time to save at HerbalHealer.com. You'll find amazing seasonal savings to prepare you for the fight against cold and flu season. Like Oregacillin to promote lung health. 30 capsules, regularly $34.95, now only $25. HHA Olive Leaf, the natural antiviral, normally $16.95, now 60 capsules are just $12. HHA Elderberry Power, a great flu and virus fighter, regularly $16.95, 60 capsules, now $10. Saving all our homeopathic detoxes, from lungs, kidney, liver, brain, libido, or whole body, normally $26.95, now just $20. Visit HerbalHealer.com and click on the Fall Winter Specials button to save on all our natural cold and flu-fighting products. Also explore our Herbal Healer Academy correspondence courses that teach you how to handle your health naturally. HerbalHealer.com, healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So Polterwurst assures us that he did not pick his name because of a connection to Poltergeist phenomena, but he asks really, really intricate, detailed, knowledgeable questions, Chris O'Brien. We're talking to... William J. Hall, author of The World's Most Haunted House. Chris? So, yeah, we were, uh, before we went to break, we were talking about the uh, the family cat. And it's interesting to me when uh, pets and other biological creatures uh, are brought into a case like this. And, and this is uh, particularly compelling. Why don't you give us a, a quick background on that aspect? Yes. Um, Jerry swore up and down, was very, very serious about it. Uh, not literally swore, but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, he would hear banging on the cellar door, and uh, he said the cat would say, uh, you know, let me out, you dirty Frenchman, which, of course, everybody would laugh when he'd say that, and he'd be very, very serious about it. Uh, and, um, now he said the cat would say it, but bear in mind, of course, he never saw the cat say it. The cat was the only one down the basement. So therefore, you know, he associated the two together. Um, and, and I think that's a, that's a lot of what happened, uh, with the cat. There were other times where, uh, police officers heard the cat speak. Um, and, and again, they, they thought, I don't believe the cat actually spoke. I believe it, it definitely was audio phenomena. Now, how well that audio phenomena was in sync with the positioning of the cat, whether on purpose or, you know, by accident or, you know, just through our own um, 
uh, inability to be very good um, uh, hearers. You know, our, our hearing's horrible when it comes to direction, all that kind of stuff. But but I look at it as more of like a proximity effect of whatever is close by gets associated with the sound. Uh, and it may be a little bit more than that. It may be, like I said, you know, something targeted by, you know, whatever it is. Ed Warren was quite mad. He ran out of tape because he wanted to record it because he was curious as to whether the voice would come out of ta- on tape or whether it was uh, more of a hallucinatory kind of, not hallucinatory, but more of a uh, just a phenomena voice where uh, it doesn't record. You know, something sometimes you record and later you hear voices or something on them and other times you record the voices they don't come out you know so but he had run out of tape from doing interviews uh, because he had wanted to get the the, you know the quote-unquote cat on tape but there was a lot of audio phenomena in the house i mean there was uh, the footsteps the banging on the walls um the knocking on doors and uh, the police uh, that were on crowd duty uh, sometimes did complain uh, about the swans there was these swan planners that moved by themselves, which is, you know, where, where the crowd witnessing the phenomena really comes into play. And um, and they they heard these guttural voices and they said the swans are making, you know, these guttural voices. And again, that's another case of was the, the sound coming from them or was it just coming from the area and being associated with the swans because they also uh, moved on their own. So that's kind of the you know the audio phenomena going on there. But now to make it more complicated, Marcy did pretend to make the cat talk. Not very good, and it really didn't fool anybody. But that ended up, of course, being confused, and uh, you know, with the other part of it making it part of that whole uh, experience. The one difference, you know, in the real cases versus you know the horror movies is you know when you have real people, you have just a variety of things that happen that you know you don't experience in the horror movies they don't build these things into them the police officers ended well two police officers ended up playing a joke on another police officer and said marcy oh, go great just yeah what you right need. that's what i'm saying it's just and you know and some of this stuff and i feel bad because some of the people who you know would defend this as being real and you know i'd have to tell them no that that part wasn't real that was the officers playing a joke that kind of yeah. uh, begs the question why would marcy with all the real stuff you know apparently real uh, phenomenon going on why would she kind of piggyback her particular agenda onto that and and what would be the rationale for that number one and number two it sounds like she wasn't really taking a lot of this as seriously as you would think because she would then attempt to duplicate some of the effects or or maybe even create some of her own how do you look at the psychology of a of a 10 year old attempting to piggyback her own agenda on this well you know and that's one of the things that that i did find in in you know my poltergeist research is the children and it, and it's tough because there's a you know variety of things going on but it almost appears, and some have theorized, that the children have some sort of negative bond to these entities, for, for lack of a better word. Almost like a negative relationship that they're each getting something out of it. So that's one thing, which may or may not be true. But everybody was amazed that, well, you know, Marcy doesn't seem as afraid as she should be. Or, you know, she'd scream, but then go back to doing other things, you know. And, and that's kind of hard to explain because... You know, are the people on the scene and have an expectation that 
a child is supposed to be frightened to a certain degree by certain levels of phenomena that they've never seen before. And, and some of their assumptions, I would say, probably are spot on, and others might be just what they think people should be reacting like. Almost like, you know, we said, well, you know, why didn't the goodens run out of the house? You know, in real life, people do stuff a little bit different than, you know, than what we expect. But there were times she screamed, cried, wanted to get out of the house, was scared. But there were plenty of times where she kind of, she was excited. There was a lot of people in the house. You know, she didn't have a lot of people to talk to. And, and you know, when the policemen are all there and talking to her and paying attention. Well, to and her. She, was, she was getting attention too, as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we don't know uh, behind the scenes when she was more alone, how she felt, but certainly like some people say, well, why did they stay in the house that next day or whatever? But there was a lot of people there. So that's the other thing. And, and then the Warrens told him, if you leave, this thing's going to follow you. Let's front load him with that particular. Right. Yeah, yeah. Let's scare the heck out of him. Of course they were at the point later on where they were going to leave. And they said, you know, we don't care. It could try to follow us, but we're you know, we're gonna give it a shot anyhow. Well, well let's but. talk about Ed and Lorraine uh, real quick. Uh, of course, the Warrens are very famous uh, in the annals of haunting uh, investigations. The Amityville horror case, I believe, was one. Uh, there have been a number over the years. How soon after this story broke in early November were the Warrens brought into the to the case? And give us kind of a sense of of the front loading that they brought to bear. They were brought into the case after the, all the emergency vehicles were there, and there was already a crowd forming. So uh, this had started to get public. It was uh, later on in the day. They were called by uh, Mary Pascarella, who was a neighbor of the Goodins, and uh, she called and said uh, she had seen the Warrens at a lecture and called them and said, hey, we've got a real, real problem down here and there's emergency vehicles and everything. And, uh, you know, the family is uh, it's haunted and all the police are coming out scared. And so told them the whole story. Ed at first uh, said he couldn't make it because he had a they were in the middle of doing a case at the time. She pleaded with them saying that this was really, really bad. And, and so they said, OK, they'll, they'll come down. They called Father Charbonneau, who they work with sometimes, and, you know, he came down. And Paulino was actually on his way to have dinner with the, the Warrens. Lorraine is supposed to be an amazing cook. And he, matter of fact, he still says to this day, I didn't, never got my dinner. But uh, so he ended up going with them. All four of them went down to Lindley Street uh, together. And it was, uh, I would say it was early afternoon that they got there. And they were there for... Uh, most of that first day when it when it really broke out and uh, the very next day that was uh, probably the worst day which was monday uh and they were there quite a bit uh, they were uh you know good comfort to the family their advice was uh, especially when they weren't there is uh you know if activity starts happening in a room everybody should get up and leave the room and go to a different room and uh so that's what he told them to keep doing and that'll help you know, dispel it or keep it more under control or, you know, and um, other than that, they were more or less a, a comfort to the family that and and uh, uh, one of the priests was trying to get an exorcism done. Of course, you know, not that I not that I believe that would have helped, but no, nobody would have. You know, the church would have never agreed to that once uh, the Associated Press took the story around the world. You know, who wants to <laughs> get involved in that one? You know, it sounds like it's really getting more and more complicated by the second. Let's continue with this with William Hall joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> 
listening to GCN, proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Lock down your digital life at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TechNightOwl for a special discount. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. We all have our own idea about what being safe and secure means. The door's locked, bills are paid, you've got a job that keeps the lights on, and a home to call your own. But what happens when Mother Nature throws a curveball? Are you prepared to live without electricity or passable roads for weeks at a time? Do you even have a plan B? If you do, are you willing to bet your life on it? Children left with no homes. And no one's coming to help them. Help the first step towards self-reliance in the face of disaster is a visit to MyPatriotSupply.com. There you'll find the absolute best prices on storable foods, non-GMO seeds, emergency water filtration devices, and so much more. All orders over $49 qualify for free shipping in the lower 48 states. Call 866-229-0927. That's 866-229-0927. And speak to one of our preparedness advisors today or visit us at mypatriotsupply.com remember before it's time to survive it's time to prepare hey everyone my ghost 80 percent ar-15 project was a total success thank you guns80.com thank you i bought my ghost ar-15 at guns80.com it's everything i expected and more just got a note from my buddy mark and now they're having a huge black friday and a big cyber monday sale Guess Christmas is coming early this year. I'm definitely ordering one for my brother on Black Friday because the price drops to 400 bucks. Yes, I did just say that. 400 bucks. Unbelievable. At guns80.com, the big sale is on. Begins Friday, November 22nd and ends December 1st. So hurry now. Sale prices for Ghost ARs again, 400 bucks. Black Friday will be a good day. Get your Ghost AR-15 at guns80.com. Sale is on right now at guns80.com. That's guns80.com, guns and the number 8080.com. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas to everyone from our good friends at guns80.com. The big sale is on. I'll see you there. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, proflowers.com is the key. Proflowers has stunning bouquets like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, Proflowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the fields is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, 
Go to proflowers.com. Click the blue microphone in the top right corner and enter code PLOW. That's proflowers.com. Click the mic and enter code PLOW. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. The world's most haunted house. It sure sounds like it, with William Paul explaining this. So the Warrens come over to provide comfort to the family impacted by this. Did that help or hurt? And what happened when they moved to another room? Did that bring the phenomenon with it? Um, I, I would say overall, I would say overall the Warrens helped. The one thing uh, that they did that uh, really got to uh, the Goodins uh, was Ed made toll calls uh, to the press to get more press there. Oh boy, I hate to see the phone bill. Well, yeah, and that's, you know, here they are. This is 1974, folks, when it costs, you know, like a dollar a minute to make a long-distance call. It's not getting 60 minutes of international calling Well, hold on a second. Wait a minute. The Warren started calling more press? Isn't that tantamount to uh, throwing gasoline on a fire? Yes. Well, and that's why they were bad. You know, know, Ed had this whole opinion he wanted the world to know the truth kind of thing. Um, there's plenty of cases where they didn't call the press. In other words, the people were already there. So some could argue, well, it was going to happen anyhow, but he certainly sped it up and, uh, and got it moving, uh, faster and to a wider area sooner. Cause he was calling New York and, you know, he was calling the major outlets to make sure this thing got out. And of course the Goodins are there walking back and forth saying, you know, look at the people outside and, you know, and, and he's bringing more people. So you could, uh, so they really, uh, they were not happy at all, uh, with that. And, uh, ultimately, uh, later on when Marcy, uh, had, uh, said that, uh, she thought Lorraine put her hand under water to get the burn because Lorraine ended up having a, a spontaneous burn and, and, you know, I mean, when they said that, that was it. When the Gooden said, you know, I, I, I don't want them here. Um, but I, I think that was kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back was the, uh, uh, you know, those phone calls. Because that really was, uh, that was the horror of their life is having to deal with uh, the, it's bad enough all the stuff happened on the inside. But, you know, Jerry can't go to work. And you got all these people outside. It's just you can't live in the community anymore. And uh, and yeah, he didn't like that at all, especially since he had never heard of them either. I mean, you know, the only reason he let the Warrens inside the house was because their friends, uh, the Hoffmans, who they initially called, uh, knew the Warrens. And then they said, okay, well, knew of them, not knew them personally. But, you know, overall, aside from (laughs) aside from the toll calls. Yeah, they stayed with the family for quite a long time. And the family never thought to say, hey, don't you think you have some other place to go to? Oh, no. They welcomed the company of uh, police officers, anybody who uh, would stay there, reporters, you know, come back for coffee. Oh, yeah, no, they really appreciated uh, the company. You know, they certainly didn't want to be alone uh, in the house. And and at, and at times, they, of course, you know, packed up and, and went over family. You know, they had a night bag prepared at all times after after a while from this and would pick up and leave when it got bad. But no, they really, they welcomed the coffee and uh, the coffee, the company and loved it. Um, and and especially loved 
you know, the Warrens being there because they knew about this. So at least they felt like, you know, people, they didn't have to defend themselves as much that they were crazy or, you know, which they always worried people are going to think they're crazy. Okay. Now let's kind of move along here because we're past the halfway point in the show and there's questions from listeners and we're trying to kind of summarize things as much as we can. If you want to know all the details, read the book, The World's Most Haunted House by William J. Hall. That's the long and short of it. Okay. So this episode continued for a while, but this was the peak and then things kind of died down. In what sense? Just fewer instances every evening or whatever? Uh, yeah, it actually, uh, you know, they, in December, early December, they, they almost thought it was over. There was a period of days where, uh, you know, everything was okay and they actually got another dog and then things started happening again. Um, and, uh, by that time, Jerry ended up, uh, wiring most of the furniture to the wall and they had packed a lot of things cause they were going to sell the house and they didn't want things in the walls. And, um, uh, some of the scariest things, though, happen that, at least to me, I, I feel that they're uh, amongst the most disturbing of incidents. Um, they came to that uh, to the house, uh, and and after getting after being out, and uh, Jerry, of course, you know, would would go in first, and their Christmas tree, um, all the ornaments were off of it, and in a neat little orderly pile on, under the tree, and and that really freaked. Uh, Laura and uh, Marcy out. They started crying and and it must uh, be demons. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and so so that was that was pretty freaky. And and the tree actually went through the wire. Jerry had a wire around the tree that he put uh, that he put into the the uh, you know the wood from the windowsill. So he had it had the wire going around the tree wrapped around the tree and then fastened at both ends to, to the windowsill. And, uh, the tree ended up, uh, uh, through it somehow. Nobody really knew. And that was later on when the, uh, later in December, when the investigators were there and they tried to duplicate it and, and get it to fall, it fell the wrong way that it would have fell. It was just a very bizarre, uh, experience, but getting back to the tree, oh, which by the way, <laughs> Jerry had become so adept at trying to fight th- this uh, thing that he he had a plastic bucket that he put cement in, and he put the tree <laughs> into the bucket <laughs> of cement, and uh, and so he was he was basically uh, uh, he, you know he was trying to fix the holidays the best he could, and um, they also had a Madonna statue that this same episode with the the uh, all the ornaments off the tree where this uh, Madonna statue was in the kitchen and the thumbs were off of it and it didn't look like they were chipped off. Uh, he just, Jerry described it as it looked like, looked like they were uh, smoothly, like it was filed off and it was smooth and they couldn't find the thumbs anywhere. And uh, so naturally that did not have Laura in a good, uh, uh, a good state of mind. But uh, so things, you know, did continue on like that. Uh, with uh, things moving and and some of those you know Christmas incidents, and uh, you know they had they had got a new dog um, when they thought it was over in early December, and that poor dog used to spend a lot of time under the bed, and Jerry felt kind of bad about that because yeah <laughs> yeah Jeez. he invited something else into the house. To yeah, suffer, really, man. You know? If I was that dog, I'd be hiding under the bed too, boy. 
Dang. Yeah, I mean, they would come home and, you know, the dog's not there and you know, it's under the bed. So, you know, that, that was kind of sad. I pity but, the dog. Now, did it just reach a point where it just kept dying off and one day it stopped forever? Well, it, it was it, it was less uh, sporadic. You know, I mean, that height was the very height, you know, with the entities and everything that was. And uh, other than that, it was here and there. Um, with incidents, you know, like what I described, what really uh, helped it stop was uh, Father Doyle, who was there uh, initially and supported the family. He um, he met with uh, he was associated with St. Patrick's School and met with a social worker and explained to them that you know he was at the house and this was all real and uh, you know we need to get the Marcy back to school in order to really help uh, stop this. And uh, she can't go back to the other school. You know, first of all, the parents are, you know, they said they're not. Jerry said, I want this kid alive. She's not going back to that school. So uh, so Father Doyle negotiated a partial scholarship to the Catholic school to make it uh, affordable for uh, the Goodens to send her back to Catholic school. And once she got back to St. Patrick's, um, which was, uh, you know, just a much nicer environment. Uh, no, you know, people weren't making fun of her there. You know, she liked it. And once she was settled back in school, that's when it really dissipated and, and uh, faded out. Well, you know, you've just kind of summarized the connection, I guess, because before we were talking about was the presence of Marcy the trigger for these events? And even if she wasn't in the house physically, they continued. But once her psyche shall we say was calmed down she got into a school environment that was more relaxing to her she wasn't being bullied by other students she wasn't being subjected to all sorts of abuse because well, her- also in saint patrick was the one that drove all the snakes out of ireland well there is that <laughs> yeah let's not forget that well the point being here is that once her mental condition was calmer when things were better for her, these episodes stopped. So that seems to show the cause and effect relationship here that somehow her state of being at the time brought about these events. Let's get into more of this in a moment. William Hall, author of The World's Most Haunted House, with Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. just an alternative to the mainstream media we're the premier independent talk radio network we are gcn this is dan pillard do you owe the irs money you can't pay are tax debts crippling you i've defended people from the irs for over 30 years i've helped thousands and i can help you too i wrote the book on irs settlement and i'm telling you there's no such thing as a hopeless case call 834 no tax to finally get free of irs debt with the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. receiver with your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead you finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show it rings once twice and then hello it's gcn what's your name and the state you're calling from surprised you got through you squeak out jason from minnesota please hold as you patiently wait for your turn you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show jason from minnesota you're up millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you Caller, are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Going once, twice. Okay, we gotta move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no! Interact with the host you're listening to right now online at GCNlive.com. Click on the community link. Engage with other listeners. Ask questions. Start debates. Don't agree with the host? Let them know. Be a part of the community at GCNlive.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And if you'd like to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Or check us out at iTunes. I have a really good uh, listener question uh, that will follow up nicely on that last part. So tell us, Chris, what is it? Uh, Burnt State, one of our, our premier posters at forum.theparacast.com, always has good questions. And, um, and here's, here's the one I think that dovetails nicely into the part of the show that we're talking about. He says, in, in so-called poltergeist and possession stories, there is often a very confused young girl who is having to endure the extreme attitudes and beliefs of adults working against her. What role do you think Marcy's aboriginal identity and her adoptive mother's strict Catholicism, along with the priest who studied the occult and claimed evil was at work in their home, has to play in this case? Was she just responding to the sudden cultural conflict she was placed in due to her adoption into a home with strong religious values that I I would add her her genes didn't share, basically. She was aboriginal. Combined with a priest who studied the occult and claimed evil was at work in the house, what, what role do you think those things had to play? Well, I mean, personally, and, and I put forth different theories in the book, but I mean, personally, the best explanation that I heard uh, is the multiverse one. Uh, you know, the quantum mechanics, string theory, you know, parallel world intersect that when a certain a uh, number of uh, things are at play, the perfect storm, if you will, that these uh, entities or, or parasites, as some call them, because they feed on that kind of negative energy, uh, come through. Portal, door, dimension, whatever you want to call it. That's what I would interpret it as personally. Uh, again, you know, I'm not saying I'm right because, you know, all of this is, of course, there's so much to learn in this degree. Um, as far as uh, Native American background, I would say... Uh, that that may have played a part or may not have 
Um, I, it's definitely true that, um, that they're more uh, susceptible and able to see and accept uh, the paranormal as normal, I believe. You know, so much more in tune, you know, than us Westerners are. Overall, not all of them. Some are, of course, deluded like we are. But <laughs> and, and the other thing is, um, usually whether it's a, a child involved, which is normally, you know, when, when we call it a poltergeist, but uh, there are plenty of parasite uh, attacks of this nature that occur when there's something going on with a person or, or a family. May or may not involve a teen. Poltergeist, of course, normally involve, you know, preteen or teen. Um, and that's why, uh, you know, a lot of investigators, the first thing they, they look for is what's going on in the family, what's going on with the people. Uh, as opposed to a different kind of haunting where, you know, if you leave the house and it's somebody else's problem, you know, and maybe it was there before you got there, that kind of thing. But in these cases where something comes in, uh, normally the first question you ask is what's going on in the family. And, you know, in this case, of course, there's a lot of tension and, and things going on from, you know, the adoption to the being beat up to the, uh, to the overprotective mother, uh, and, you know, in that very small space. So I think all of that was that final ingredient. Um, the Lindley Street house was, I mean, it was also a paranormal poster child. You know, it was, it was basically the paranormal waiting to happen. It, it had, uh, a lot of electrical lines around it. It had, uh, um, sandy soils and high water tables. There was a, a spring that ran directly under the house. So those kinds of things that, um, that uh, you know we see is somewhat common in these cases not that when you have these things you automatically have the paranormal but it certainly are kind of some of the other indicators we see that put together with the family surrounding uh surrounded trauma uh uh seems to be the final the final key uh, and i'm sure there's others that we don't know about of course well interesting i've always had a, a sense that Flowing water and alternating layers of uh, clay and water uh, tend to be present in in some pretty interesting uh, geographic areas where uh, strange events are reported, and and there's a history of strange events being reported. So that's an interesting uh, insight. Well, you know, you mentioned originally that you know when we first started that you started out as a, a, a skeptic. How has this particular case uh, influenced your particular process as a as an investigator and a researcher? And and are there are there some other similar type cases that you've been involved with that that we can see some sort of consistency between the Lindley House case and and, and others? Yeah, great great questions. Well, it it definitely changed my uh, my view of the world. Basically, it it, it made me refocus on less Westerner ideas, if that makes sense. You know, it made me really stop and think and w once again realize that there's more quote-unquote real magic, you know, in our world. And that, um, and now that I've discovered it uh, through Lindley Street, you know, I really wanted to know uh, more about this. On, on the magic side of things, it kind of made me refocus uh, for me, the advantage of being a magician was, oh, you can tell if it's fake. Now I'm learning to those that know, you know, or or are experienced investigators, aside from like fortune telling, that kind of, kind of things, it's more 
uh, I guess uh, you're more apt to find, quote unquote, you know, charlatans or whatever. But as far as, you know, haunted houses and other kinds of paranormal, I'm finding the advantage is not so much whether it's real or not. Uh, I'm finding that's only one part of it. And obviously, if you know people involved or, you know, if you're right there, you can actually have a better insight and skip through a lot of what you would need to do in a case like Lindley Street, where, you know, you you had to look at all the evidence because you weren't close enough. You weren't there, you know. But I find it, it helps me more now in the questions that I ask. I really uh, try to to broaden the way things are looked at versus what they appear to be. Um, you know, hate to use the cliche, things aren't always what they appear to be. But I'll give you an example, and this is just one of my thoughts. Uh, it doesn't mean I believe this, but I think it's an interesting way for us to question further what appears to be kind of like a slam dunk obvious thing, like possession. Most people view possession, uh, if they believe in it, as... Um, something takes over the body it's evil it needs to get out um and you know my magic background teaches me that that's what it appears to look like but what if it's stuck in there and doesn't want to be in there either you know do we ever think of that now you can say well that's stupid bill and it may be like no no it makes a lot of sense to me i mean if one could be true the other could be as well yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I believe that, but I mean, a lot of, I think, our assumptions with the paranormal are, are, very, are very polarized and self-centered. You know, like, like even with the, the Lindley Street case, um, the poltergeist is the invader. Uh, but when I look at the events, uh, did it really want to be here? I, you know, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it's waiting for that and wants to be there, and it is all the negative things that it appears to be, you know. But uh, on the other hand, maybe it's suddenly stuck in our world saying, where the heck am I and what am I doing here? And I want to get back home. And, you know, in the meantime, I'm going to cause havoc because it, you know, whatever, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Tantrum. Yeah, throw a tantrum. I don't know. I mean, the three well, that, guys- you know, that's a really interesting point because then that that brings up the. Um- legitimacy of the subjective interpretation that these things are evil they're demons they they're up to no good they may be as much a victim in the situation as the little girl in the family uh looking at it from that point of view and i i like that oh thank you no but i well you know i i think of it because i'm like evil i mean to me a serial killer is an evil they're mentally ill you know their wiring's broken i'm not saying let them go free and support them and you know but our term evil, I mean, we throw that word around, I think, a, a little bit too, um, too loosely. I mean, the three guys who tried to burn the house down while the Goodens were in there to another species from another dimension or whatever, that would look pretty evil. Uh, but I don't believe those people were evil. I believe they were stupid, yes. Scared, yes. But evil? No. You know, misguided, whatever, you know what I mean? But I would say they're evil. All right. We have William Hall joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, 
head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Mike Stennerson for Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Three square meals you'll need in an emergency. So the freeze-dry guys three-square meal unit sale is just a ticket. A variety pack of tasty, nourishing breakfast, lunch, and dinner on sale now. Breakfast is freeze-dry guys' favorite. Hot oatmeal and sweet dehydrated bananas. Lunch is Mountain House freeze-dried hot macaroni and cheese and crisp green beans. And dinner is Mountain House long-grain wild rice pilaf and hearty beef stew, vegetables, and gravy. Call freeze-dry guy and ask for details on the 126-serving three-square meals unit. One case normally 164.37 sale price at only 138.90. Save over 25 bucks. Get two or three cases and save even more. Or ask about Freeze Dry Guys Fall Chili Special. Always free shipping to the lower 48 states. Call 866-404-3663 or click freezedryguy.com. And hurry, the Fall Chili Special and Three Square Meals unit are on sale while supplies last. From the Freeze Dry Guy, the finest freeze-dried and dehydrated foods available for long-term storage. Period. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. 
We're talking about the world's most haunted house with William Hall. And in response to something that William said in our previous segment, Chris O'Brien has something to say. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm thinking back uh, to my years in high school, which uh, was when all this was uh, taking place in, in my first year uh, or my senior year in high school. And I remember seeing The Exorcist and The Omen. And, and there were a number of films that came out during this time period that really were quite shocking to a lot of people and and maybe opened up some sort of door that allowed some of these types of events to occur. Of course, you have the Amityville case. Uh, there's a number of cases uh, from that time period that seem to be much more sensational and, and have much more documentation and witnesses and that sort of thing. Do you think somehow the culture may be you know, inadvertently triggering some of these types of events or or at least allowing the psychological playing field to be such that these types of events can occur. Well, I, I think you have a, a, a good point there because uh, from what, from what I've learned about these things, um, the number one thing that gets them there is attention. You know, they want attention and that attention could be brought upon by uh, either in a natural way, like in Lindley Street, where somebody wasn't seeking the attention of "quote unquote" <laughs> until Ed and Lorraine showed up. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well said. Um, uh, or it could be, you know, through Ouija board, where somebody again is giving attention, and that attention is what they what they kind of need, you know, to breathe that life into them, so to speak, or you know, to to bridge that that gap, uh, you know, when when possible. And uh, then I'm told if you don't pay attention to them, then, you know, they they kick and scream and bring it up a notch just like a child would. And eventually, if you continue to not pay attention, they, you know, they go away almost like they can't feed or, you know, whatever it is. Again, all all of this is interpretation, which is why I try to keep questioning, you know, what else could it be? What else could it be? Kind of kind of. Kind of thing as, as I go through it in my mind. But I think to your point. Um, you know, the more you, the more it's talked about in that kind of way that gets you to feel that, you know, which the movies, of course, have a great way of doing. Um, I, I, I think that could be possible. I think still all the other ingredients have to be there. But once those ingredients are there and the thing is present, certainly all these other uh, beliefs uh, and experiences could certainly uh, hype it up a notch, which is why religion. Uh, see, I don't. And, and a lot of people disagree with me, but I don't think religion has anything to do with this stuff. I, I don't think this stuff reacts to religion. I, I don't think they have one religion. They may not have religion at all. I don't know. But I think religion only helps if the family is religious, because what counts is what brings peace to the family. Or, you know, somebody will say, well, how come it attacks religious stuff if it's not evil? Well, maybe it's because it sees that you're placing so much importance on it. It knows if it knocks that over, it's really going to get your attention and and it wants to push buttons. So I, I think we have to really not look at things so simplistically to say if it knocks over, cross is evil. You know, well, well, how, how about you know? this? Do we have any good quality haunting cases or poltergeist cases um, or possessions uh, of someone who is uh, an avowed atheist? Who oh, doesn't yeah. believe in any of that. Oh, well, exactly. There's Buddhists that have, you know, poltergeists and, and, and atheists. And sure. As a matter of fact, I know investigator who um, 
never uses religion and has possession or whatever has you know solved every case using the very simplistic formula of getting to the problem in the family teaching the family how to ignore it which is difficult but you know and as a matter of fact paulino who later became a pretty prominent uh, paranormal investigator he got rid of a poltergeist uh, using a joke book because that fit that family and that brought that family <laughs> That's you know brilliant. Yeah, the point is, it doesn't matter what it is. It's 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 a tool. It's whatever tool helps you. And you know, even the people who believe that uh, that it's a religious event will say similar things. Like the Warrens would always say, "Well, we always find that if the family's religious, then religion helps." Yes, you're right. That's why it helps because you believe. You know, if you believed in a in a in a rabbit's foot, you know that might have the same effect. So. I'm not saying I'm an atheist. I'm saying that for these parasites, I don't think one religion, a very specific form of religion, is your answer. I think it's just part of the noise that we see right. and interpret. Christ compels you. Yeah, right. And, and you know, I think, I think with a refrigerator floating, I think even within the parameters of, like, this poltergeist experience, we say, well, the thing floated a refrigerator. I don't think it did. I think that was that energy overflap between, uh, between worlds or dimensions or, if you believe, the psychic subconscious mind thing, whatever it is, I believe that that's the energy. I don't believe that's an intentional act. And, uh, and I have to steal from Paulino again. He described it to me very nicely saying it's like when you have a stack of papers on a table and you run by it. If you're the poltergeist running by it, did you disturb the papers? Well, you know, maybe, but you didn't do it intentionally. It's just part of everything that's going on there. So when Marcy gets picked up and thrown, then you can argue, okay, that's a negative act. Uh, Although even then, we're still not quite sure. What if it tried to hug her and then was suddenly repelled by the energy? I mean, you know, I'm being facetious, but I, you know. Yeah, it's a point well taken. Uh, speaking of Paulino, um, we've been in touch with Paul and we've invited him back on the show. He was an early guest uh, on the Paracast about five or six years ago, and he's going to be one of our uh, upcoming guests, kind of taking this whole idea of hauntings and poltergeist cases, t- take it a little further or, you know, just kind of. Uh, riff around with this a little bit because um you know this has always been a very fascinating subject to me personally and uh, having lived actually in a what i consider to be a haunted house and having been been dragged around the country to some of the most haunted sites in america as a as a cameraman and audio uh recordist um you know i've always been very very kind of agnostic about it thinking well it's a lot of misinterpreted coincidental stuff and then Actually, being in some of these places, you know, I'm I'm not easily, uh, you know, shooken up or flat, you know, you know, I'm 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 pretty unflappable when it comes to uh, a lot of this stuff, and uh, I have been in some places that I genuinely picked up something really disturbing. I think would be the only term that I could come up with, and uh, there's there's definitely something going on in these cases, um, at least some of them. And really, I do admire, uh, Bill, your your book. Uh, it's filled with just blow-by-blow descriptions, and we've really only licked the tip of the iceberg. I mean, there was a bunch of stuff that went on, uh, especially in those 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 really intense days uh, in November 74 in this house. And, you know, people have uh, put in a bunch of questions here. I think we've, we've really looked at a lot of them. But um, one thing that that interests me is that Marcy took off as soon as she turned eighteen. Boom, she took off, and 
correct me if I'm wrong, but but she's never been heard from since. You know, we'll get into that in our next segment. What happened to Marcy? That was a question I was about to ask also, Hello. Chris. I was really curious My as man? to what happened with her life. So we're going to find out more about that. But the book is called The World's Most Haunted House by William J. Hall. Now we're going to give you a little bit of the rest of the story. What happened to Marcy? She left home, never heard from again. You know, one of these interesting stories. You're on with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. UnseenNow.com, proud sponsor of GCN. Unseen Now's unparalleled encryption tools keep your communications secure. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Results will vary from case to case. Hi, I'm Dr. Lorraine Hurley, and I've got news for you. In 2009, a team of doctors won the Nobel Prize in Physiology for discovering that the ends of chromosomes are protected by coverings called telomeres that control cellular aging. Immortalium nutritionally helps extend the lifespan of telomeres and is the most advanced anti-aging supplement to date. Healthy cell growth depends on healthy chromosomes, and healthy chromosomes depend on telomeres. Call 855-315-8326. That's 855-315-8326. Or visit drhurley.net. Hi, I'm Dr. Lorraine Hurley, here to tell you about an amazing pain relief formula. Unlike Tylenol, Advil, or Ibuprofen, Lividity Pain Relief Formula is completely non-toxic and actually stimulates healing. Lividity Pain Relief comes in a gel or capsule, and in my years of helping people, I've never seen anything like it. After rubbing a small amount on an aching muscle or a sore joint, many people report the pain is gone within a minute. Call 855-315-8326. That's 855-315-8326. Or visit drhurley.net for more information. 
The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and, and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-297-0154. That's 800-297-0154. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. That's 800-297-0154. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. My volume uh, disappeared for a second. I thought I was talking into a vacuum. Well, it's because the poltergeist showed up. Evidently, yeah. some somebody turned down my volume. That was weird. Uh, that's the uh, Polter Skype. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, then we're in trouble now because he's one of them people. William Hall, <laughs> tell us what happened to Marcy. Before we get to the point where she left home, what was her life like once she went to Catholic school and her environment is, shall we say, more comforting and these episodes have vanished? What was her life between that point and age 18? Well, that's a great quote. We don't know a lot about it other than from people who went to school with her who said, you know, she continued, she was a nice girl, but, you know, she was very, very shy, very quiet. Uh, even people who tried to be friends with her, uh, she would basically turn around and run away, you know, <laughs> being silent and uh, really was kind of a loner. She was described as a loner. Um, so people did try to be friends with her and even still, uh, had, a, it was a lot of trouble being friends with her. The one or two people who were friends with her were those that, uh, would have went over the Gooden's house with their parents, you know, where she, they had to be kind of integrated into that whole scene, uh, in order for her to eventually open up at all to anybody. But during that period of time, you know, we, we don't know a lot you know, from the parents' point of view, because they gave one last interview in January of 1975, which was simply to say, number one, you know, we're not crazy, and number two, Marcy didn't do it. You know, that was said to get the crowds away. And uh, after that, they never spoke publicly. So, you know, we don't have a lot of information as far as, you know, how the family was doing. Like I said, other than uh, people I've spoke to went to school with her that, you know, basically said the same kind of thing. She continued to be very shy and withdrawn. And, uh, you know, people even tried to be friends with her, uh, really went out of their way to. And still it was, uh, you know, a very difficult thing to get to, to that level. She was more friends around people than with them, if that makes any sense. So it, uh, it was tough to get uh, a lot of information around, around that. It appears she wasn't happy with her parents, but we, you know, that was through some Christmas cards to Boyce Beatty, the lead investigator. But, uh, you know, again, we don't know the context. That could be regular teenage angst stuff, or it could be directly related to 
maybe a difference in the way they treated her afterwards or so. I mean, it had to be quite, it is quite an event for anybody, but, um, you know, I wonder maybe if they somehow blame Marcy at some level or, or maybe not, I don't know, but I could just imagine it, it just being very, very difficult. Um, after that's all over, it really had to shake them because they were an old school Catholic family and now they're faced with all this. So, you know, there's a lot of behind closed door stuff that we don't know about. But we know she left at the age of 18. Um, I don't know exactly. She said she was going to. Um, I know she was still in the area, you know, when she was 19, maybe 20. But uh, I would say it's safe to assume she left the parents at that age. Uh, what's interesting is in the parents, uh, you know, later on when when uh, uh, Laura dies in 93 and Jerry dies in 97, her name is never mentioned in the obituaries. And I, I found Laura's that didn't surprise me that much because hers was kind of hers was a fatal car crash. So it was very short. But Jerry's was a very, very long. You know, he was involved in this and that. And, you know, <laughs> and uh, and. You know, her name isn't mentioned at all. So I don't know. I mean, I could only assume that maybe that they were estranged themselves from each other. She withdraws from the family. She's around for a while, then she disappears. Has anyone heard from her since, or is that the end of her story? No, as of a few years ago, we believe that she's uh, doing okay and back in her, uh, uh, where she was originally from, which is Ontario, Canada. and. that was as a few years ago, uh, one of the witnesses who had Jerry as his scout leader and Jerry was best friends with uh, his dad. His brother told him, you know, Marcy was was in Canada doing OK. Of course, the brother is now. Dead, so uh, so the witness, Dennis, couldn't tell me what OK means or, you know, you know what I mean, because, of course, they didn't know I was going to write a book. So. Uh, and I guess his interest wasn't was in passing and not as intense to ask, what do you mean? OK, what is she doing? What is she, you know, uh, so, you know, it appears that she's uh, she's OK, quote unquote. Of course, what we find with I haven't found I've only found one poltergeist case where the child has been, uh, you know, open to talking. And that was uh, in the Enfield poltergeist case. Uh, I think it was Patty or something. She came on one show on TV and and was, uh, you know, ridiculed by some people. And then that was it. So, you know, there's not like a big win for them to come forward and say, yeah, that was me. I was a freak back then. And, you know, I was the one who got blamed for it all. And But it was real. You know, usually they uh, actually there's a few cases uh, that I came across where people didn't even tell their spouses. They kind of almost like consciously kind of just blocked that whole section of their, their life off. I mean, you know, I guess unless your partner has had that experience themselves, you don't, you know, it's kind of a no win bringing all that stuff up again, I guess is my point. You know, right. that seems, seems to be the trend there. So well, basically here, if anyone knows where Marcy is or if Marcy Here's this show by some miracle, and maybe if she's off on the reservation, she never will hear the show. We'd love to hear from her and hear her story, because now we're talking about a woman who's about the same age as you, right, William? Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly the same age as me. Yeah, she'd be uh, 50. Yeah. 
Well, you brought up the Enfield Poltergeist case, and that leads me to a question here real quick before we go to break from Polterwurst. And he asks, with witness reports like those you present in the book and affidavits like that of the policewoman in the Enfield Poltergeist case, why is it that most people still seem to think there's nothing to be seen here? Well, that's a $6 million question. Uh, yeah, what I've learned from... Uh what I've learned from Lindley Street, because I mean, if you want more witnesses in Lindley Street, then, you know, I don't know what to tell you. But um, I, I think what Roswell and Lindley Street both taught me is doesn't matter how many witnesses you have. Um, those who have made up their mind have made up their mind, uh, both on the belief side. You know, the belief side, maybe you don't need any witnesses, which you know, may be wrong, unless, not always, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, or to the other side, uh, you know, like the amazing Randy, who would say, I don't care how many witnesses you have, if I didn't see it, didn't happen. And even if I see it, I won't believe myself. So it still didn't happen. So I've learned that the amount of witnesses doesn't matter. I think the only, one of the reasons I really wanted to write the book was for the people in between, the people who were like me, you know, they were healthy skeptic, uh, but they weren't discounting everything because they knew there was too much uh, talked about, too many logical people, people that even knew they had some sort of circumstance for you to say that it's all mass hysteria and illusion, all this other junk, because let's face it, I wish mass hysteria and illusion and everything was that easy because it would have made my job as a magician a lot easier. Uh, <laughs> it's just not as easy as people make this stuff out to be, you know. But uh, I think that's what it's for, the person who has, uh, who's open to it. And if you're open to it, then a case like Enfield Poltergeist or Lindley Street uh, will hold weight um, or perhaps introduce somebody new into, um, you know, the world of the paranormal who will later uh, come forward and maybe investigate or do a radio show like you guys or participate in some way towards at least asking those questions that we all want uh, to learn at least some answers to. But uh, unfortunately, the amount of witnesses just doesn't matter to people. If they're inclined or hardwired not to believe anything like this occurs, it would still have to be mass hysteria. Though I don't know how mass hysteria could possibly explain a refrigerator floating across the house. We've got William Hall joining us with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. GCN. Proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Find out how to stop Big Brother and his tracks at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. 
For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Ever need direction or guidance? Ask the light. Like to have a quick source of insight and inspiration? Ask the light. Would you like an easy way to spread kindness in this crazy world? Ask the light. Ask the Light Miracle Cards from AskTheLight.com were created in the aftermath of a true miracle. Beautiful underwater photography capturing the dance of water and light are combined with inspirational words to create the 53-card deck of Ask the Light Miracle Cards in a custom, easy-carry box. Ask the Light Miracle Cards speak directly to your heart and opens you to everyday miracles. Spread some kindness by giving a card away. It's a great way to connect with people. These cards bring blessings to all that experience them. Experience the many benefits for yourself. Visit askthelight.com to enjoy early holiday specials. Buy one deck for $18.50 or two for $30. They make great gifts for friends and family too. Ask the Light Miracle Cards at askthelight.com. Do you have relatives and friends that are convinced there is no need ever to prepare for any kind of emergency? Are these also folks you buy Christmas presents for? At 30dayfoodsupply.com, we can solve both of these problems at the same time. Go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 541-229-0010. We can ship your Christmas presents directly to them. Choose from our original $99 30-day food supply, our long-term storage vegan burger mixes, and other oatmeal, soups, porridges, beans, and granolas for everyday use. All products are non-GMO, MSG-free, and vegetarian. Most are gluten, soy, and nut-free. Call 541-229-0010 today. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low, cutting out the middleman by buying directly from their producers in Oregon. Remember, only $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Visit the website 30dayfoodsupply.com. Call 541-229-0010. 30dayfoodsupply.com. 541-229-0010. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier. From gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. Just very quickly, William Hall, in our final segment, any other explanations from the skeptics other than mass hysteria? Oh, well, there were some funny ones. <laughs> Somebody said Ed Warren uh, brought in candy that was laced with a hallucinogen to make um, uh, people believe that they were all seeing, I guess, the same phenomena at the same time. Well, it would that have was- to be a very subjective kind of hallucinogen then. 
that somebody yes. could just say it's you're seeing this and therefore that's what you see. Right, right. Actually, Paulino was the guy who went out to get the candy. So, but uh, you know, sounds another, like some interesting candy. I'd like to taste it. Yeah, right. I don't know what. <laughs> Careful what, what you wish for, Gene. Oh my goodness! Yeah, uh, so, listen, I've tasted a few things in my life. <laughs> well, that sounds like a different show. I'm not going to touch that one either. <laughs> we'll let it just die there, Chris. We only have maybe eight minutes left. Any other questions you have there we really have to ask? Well, yeah, we've covered a lot of the territory, obviously. But, um, you know, Polterwurst is very interested in your future work. Uh, Do you intend to do similar books on other poltergeist cases or alleged paranormal cases or like UFOs in general? Uh, Yes. In fact, uh, my next book uh, will be called uh, The Haunted House Diaries, and it involves a diary being kept uh, by a woman who has lived in a haunted house uh, since the 1950s. She actually was born and brought back to the house. And it involves in in Connecticut here uh, basically a a paranormal flap that uh, the whole area is uh, there's things going on. There's been uh, missing time, uh, UFOs, uh, cryptids, Bigfoot sightings, as well as uh, a number of the houses um, uh, being haunted in the area, too. So uh, that's what the next book will be on, and it'll feature uh, her diary and the... Uh, uh, it's almost like a paranormal crossroads. The, the, the things happening in her house are very, very... They're varied and... Uh, and, and there'll be a lot of discussion, you know, like we discussed as far as, you know, what could this thing be or or, or, or what are these things and how are they related? Because I think the paranormal, as you guys probably know now, much more related than we ever uh, once thought it was. You know, it used to be ghost people shouldn't talk to UFO people and, you, right. know, vice versa. you know, and now I think we're realizing, you know, this all has a lot more. They're not the same phenomena, but they appear. Right, to, but there seems to be an interconnectedness somehow. Yeah, on some definitely. level. Exactly. Right. The fact I was at a UFO convention, I was amazed that I think it was eighty-three percent of these sightings. There's uh, other paranormal things happening in houses and stuff, and so it's it seems to be like you said that they're that they're more related, or or maybe they come from the same place or. Or vehicle, I shouldn't say place, but, you know. Or, or the conditions are, are right for inexplicable events to occur, possibly based on some sort of conditional uh, parameters around, you know, the site or around the individuals. Kind of a perfect storm, I think, as you uh, you know pointed out before. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, when the conditions are right. Uh, and, you know, we never thought to look for it, but, uh, you know, a lot of times now... You know, you get a haunted house, you should be looking, are there UFOs? Are there other houses that have been haunted in the area? You know, and depending on the kind of haunting or whatever, well, certainly it may not be the case. But, you know, like you said, the conditions are often right where there's more going on there than, you know, we would initially suspect or would have been suspected in the past. Well, what other cases uh, could you look to that are similar to the Lindley House case uh, with the Goodens that um, have you know, some sort of real commonalities and similarities. Uh, anything spring to mind? As far as uh, specific cases, you know, all of them have have some of it, not not all of it. Um, you know, whether it's Bell Witch or Enfield Poltergeist, 
Uh, I was amazed at the commonalities. Uh, and then there are some differences like, uh, like, you know, one, like Lindley street has you know, entities in multiple forms. Another case might have, uh, you know, rocks coming from the ceiling or, you know, or fire, you know, spontaneous fire, uh, where Lindley street had a spontaneous burn. So, I mean, there's, there's some commonalities and a few differences, but I think that's what shocks me the most is, is uh, the eerie similarities just of kind of uh, the way it builds up and and the incidents and uh, and and that's fascinating uh, to me. Um, so I think you know when somebody says what's a poltergeist, I like to describe it by the behavior, and because I think it's the behavior that or that kind of separates these things. Um, even yeah, though- there's a real tricksterish <laughs> quality to many of these cases. Right, right. And and then there's, uh, you know, I think that's just the best way for us to classify them versus saying it's a demon or it's this or that. I prefer to say, you know, this is what it is and we call it that because of this behavior. But I do think that angel demon thing might be a little bit uh, more of a our, our lack of language, you know, and how to describe these things. And they may be, like you said, you know, much more like us, you know, some are neutral, some are negative, some are, and and we're all kind of all those things at one point in time. And I hate to judge anything uh, when they're kind of out of their element. And in this case, excuse the pun, they're really out of their element. So it's, uh, it's tough because if you met the Gooden family during this experience, I'm sure it'd be a little bit different than meeting them, you know, uh, at, uh, at the bake sale after the church, you know, (laughs) so Okay, one quick last question before we wrap it up. Um, this comes from our administrator and uh, moderator at forum.theparacast.com, Gogs Mackay. He's wondering about all these uh, modern equipment uh, lists that uh, people carry around with EMF meters, spirit boxes, ovuluses, thermal cameras, full-spectrum cameras. Do you think these are effective tools for investigators? I, I do think they're effective um, with the caveat that uh, you know, you really have to be careful with them. Um, I mean, you can have old knob and tube behind a wall and an EM, EMF, you know, it's going to pick that up. So, and, and you may be certain there's no electricity there, but it's there. So, um, so they're not foolproof, you know, uh, and I think they're great when you already have other phenomena taking place. You know, if you already have other phenomena taking place and you know there's something going on there, then I think they're a great uh, additive. If they're your only evidence and you have nothing else to go on, you know, you to, empty. yeah, then, then you have to really, uh, I mean, it still could be legitimate, but you have to really, uh, I'm all for having experts look at things like, you know, the photos from my new book. I'm having uh, Mark D'Antonio, who's the video photo expert for uh, MUFON, look at every photo because he may look at a photo and say, well, no, not this one, Bill, this is a reflection or whatever. You know what? It's not going in because, you know, I'm no expert. I'm not going to, you know, if I look into the sky, see a UFO, I'm the first to tell you, I haven't a clue what I'm looking at. I probably wouldn't report a real UFO if I saw one because I wouldn't know what I'm looking at because I'm, I'm not, I don't know that. It's not my expertise. So I think, uh, you know, use of multiple experts and, and whatnot is, is, but I think it's a good additive. I, yeah. I, yeah, good yeah, is it? yeah. Oh, thank you. Hey, and of course we had Mark D'Antonio on the PowerCast, just very recently, very knowledgeable guy, very enlightened viewpoint, very good interview. In any case, William Moore, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff that you do. 
uh, at uh, worldsmosthauntedhouse.com. Uh, there's even some free things there for listeners, and uh, and you can get the book and uh, and uh, read about other things there. So hopefully you'll visit there again. Uh, worldsmosthauntedhouse.com has my events there too. And you could also check out our new premium service for the Powercast called the Powercast Plus. Go to plus.thepowercast.com, plus, P-L-U-S dot thepowercast.com, where you could join up $5 a month, $50 a year, get an ad-free, high-resolution version of the Powercast, and other good stuff's going to come. Other special interviews, a chat room, all sorts of special features. Video. Video, yes, we are going to have some video stuff there, too. You will not see my face because I have a face for radio, but you'll see Chris's face because he looks presentable. So all that coming, plus.thepowercast.com. Chris O'Brien's site is OurStrangePlanet.com, OurStrangePlanet.com. And you can check the latest information about his ongoing research there or order a copy of his book, which is called Stalking the Herd. And you get signed, dated, delivered, whatever. Numbered. Yeah. William Hall, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Thanks for having me. It's been great, guys. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in... The Paracast. <laughs>